today is Wednesday, October 16th, and welcome to the, uh, actually I'll say our names first. My name is Lucas, aloha, and with us we have Casey, Heyo. and Frank, what it do, and this is the uh, Scoop and Score podcast. Scoop and Score! Scoop, score it is! <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm gonna contribute on that intro next time because I like that. <laughs> I like I like the puns. Okay, gotta get gotta get creative. Yeah, a little razzle dazzle here. Speaking of razzle dazzle, Lucas, what the heck happened Monday night? Um, you guys got some uh, little. The twelfth man on the field definitely helped out the Packers. It was a crystal. It was a sparkling, squeaky clean Packers win, as far as I can see. All I can you know, say that's is what, that's what you pay the colors are green and yellow, and they definitely were leaning more on the yellow in that game. Yeah, it's a, the the referees are attracted to them like moths to the flame. They just can't. <laughs> well, well, can't. it's not really fair because they have, you know, they were they have the Packers team colors in their pocket. Yeah, you know, with the with the yellow flag, so it's it's not yeah. really fair. It's unfair unfair advantage. If it's a uh, Packers Steelers, I'd be interested. What if like the play is going and the refs are like swinging around their uh, their <laughs> flags like the terrible towers. <laughs> hey, it can happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, but in all seriousness, that was a a crock of BS. Like the uh, you know, you always think like, oh, the officials, you know, they they make bad calls both ways, this and that, and uh, uh, you know, the Lions definitely did have their chances to score. You know, like they were. They moved the ball pretty well, um, but the Packers' defense did a good job of holding them to field goals. I think Prater had four. Pretty sure he had four field goals. Uh, I think more than that, actually. It, it was at least four, maybe five. Yeah. Um, but so you got to give the Packers some credit for them being able to uh, to stop Detroit on those kind of uh, on those drives and stuff. But man, those. Uh, as we all know, like those illegal hands to the face were both just bad calls. Just, there's no way around the, it. And the ghost calls. I mean, yeah. It was just. I, I understand that it's hard to see like what's going on in li- and make the right call in live action, but it's just the whole point of them adding in these new rules to review the initial calls was that they were gonna correct some of the the inherent error in the game. And, and to this point, I don't feel I like don't, they've actually accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as yeah. as far as the... Uh, oh, go ahead, Frank. My bad. Oh, I was going to say that the the first one, you know, it's, it's kind of an honest mistake, depending on the angle you're looking at it. But the mm-hmm. fact that it was the same defensive player using the same pass rush move, and he got called again on that crucial, you know, last drive. And that's kind of where... You know, it's just like, really? I mean, you already made the mistake, and I'm sure, you know, I don't know if he, if they could see the replays or if, I mean, I'm sure um, the Lions coach, uh, Patricia, I'm sure he was yelling at the referees. But, but, yeah, just to do that twice in one game is is crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys took a look at that video, but the in the AAF, 
they had that sky judge um and it was really interesting to see them in action you know and they would broadcast the sky judge's voices as they were reviewing the play so you could really hear their thought process um so i'm kind of wondering like you know obviously like the referee these mistakes are like you know really under the microscope and you got to wonder with them reviewing pass interference is it going to open other penalties to be reviewable and uh and do you think that they should be i think it it probably will because um they want to have more that i think they want to have like wanted to be a little more open to where you can kind of see what like what's causing these calls like if they are getting that far out of line then why are they you know what what is their thought process like you said i did watch the video that you sent out and hmm. it was interesting to see like you know the in that in that clip that you sent out then the sky judge actually does change her mind on what what the original call was on the field and yeah um, and so it's it is interesting i think the more there's already a lot of scrutiny on the refs though and i i just wonder like how is this going to impact um it's already hard enough to find like competent refs but if you're saying you're going to like scrutinize every single word that they ever say then that's going to get that's going to make it a lot more difficult to find people that want to put up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, they, they already get kind of shit on, like, by the yeah. end, if they make yeah. a bad call like that anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, first first thing is that I think the NFL needs to, um, they need to hire more full-time officials. Because I think, if I remember correctly, only, you know, it, only so many of them are full-time. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of other ones still have, the other officials have day jobs still. And so even in the off-season when, when they should be probably going over calls or, I mean, I'm not, I'm sure they can do some kind of simulator, you know, maybe like virtual reality type stuff. But when they should be trying to improve themselves, they're out, you know, doing other jobs. And the NFL makes way more than enough money to cover their salaries yeah so i think that's one big issue and um and And on that note sorry uh go ahead uh on that note um i i was kind of interesting because that's that's one thing that i i didn't know about it and i i looked it up a little while ago and they're actually do you know how much a ref is like the refs are making this year Uh uh-uh two hundred five thousand dollars this year the each ref makes two hundred five grand yeah for a part-time job you're working uh, good. And, that, and then they also get uh, additional bonus checks for working like playoff games and stuff. Wow. Wow. So yeah, say, that's that's a, not a bad gig. You know? Yeah. Why you know, do you go with the public part-time jobs? If, if I was making 200 grand a year, I wouldn't be having a part-time job. I don't know that much. Well, yeah, I think maybe the NFL needs to require more like more training or even during the offseason, they have to put in maybe mm-hmm. 20 hours a week towards you know some sort of training or um i don't know just something to help improve the quality of of officiating i was I find... <coughs> sorry um what i was i found this other article that was kind of interesting it said that there was only like 17 nfl refs um which to me seems like a really low number but and and of those 17 uh, from last year, at least, then seven have retired in the last 15 months, which kind of opens the door for newer 
generations and like some of the discussion that I that was in the article that I saw uh, kind of talked about how maybe maybe with like a changing of the guard, you know, newer newer um, younger like refs coming in, maybe they would be more prone to focusing full time on this type of career. Um, I I did think it was kind of interesting because you know in this day and age everyone's talking about how like the the millennials and the ne- the new generation is trying to get side hustles, but in this case they're almost reverse side hustling. They need to focus more on their their main career. Yeah. Um, I was I was wondering. So you say like the referees make like two hundred five k a year, um, but is that every because I don't think if I remember correctly every player or every uh, official on the field isn't a referee. There's the ones that wear the white hats, and then there's the one that wear the black hats, which I believe are the umpires. Um, oh, and so okay. the the ones the the ones that wear the white hats they're the ones who you know like cleat. Cleet Blakeman and Ed Hockley when he was in the league, the guys that make the calls and announce them, but they're not always the ones, obviously, that are throwing these flags. So, um, but one thing I was kind of considering is with this with this Sky Judge thing, I don't, you know, I think we can all agree we don't want to see a day where every single call is reviewable. Um, and then like like you said earlier, Frank. For them to make, for them to miss the call one time, you know, it's not desirable, but it's understandable. But for him to do it twice is what's inexcusable, you know. And so, yeah. if there, if there was a sky judge, maybe they could. It, it's just another official that, say, say the guy misses that first call, maybe the refs can have headpieces, and then the sky judge can call down to them at some point. And like during a commercial break or something and just be like, hey, the that uh, like Bakhtiari, the, the tackle, he's just bucking his head back when that hand gets up there. So watch out for that. Don't call that again, because the last call you made, it was incorrect. And then they don't have to put that on the airwaves if they don't want to, if the referees don't want to just get put on blast like that um, for public consumption. But. I would think that kind of real-time uh, feedback from another referee who's seeing replay angles of this, and like all of us can see that it's a bad call, might be effective to at least limiting bad calls to just like one per game, and not and not two, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of where yeah I was gonna add to that with this, you know, some a referee up in the looking at replay and having a you know, have a whole view and all the all the camera angles to work with but what most calls uh you know pre-snap or you know illegal man downfield or you know these like, like cut and dry type of penalties you know those are obviously don't really need much intervention but um a lot of times the referees will have a little mini a mini conference um, before they make the official call, and during that time, um, maybe like thirty seconds or so, yeah, it can be uh, called down from the sky judge, and you know, kind of be another voice in the ear of the head ref head referee. So, but like there is time to have that kind of over you know overruling sky judge, but without having to throw challenge flags and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because we we don't want too much review, but but I mean the Lions like we. I gotta be honest, as a diehard Packers fan, I felt dirty after that game. Like <laughs> they, I mean, you know, our defense played well, held them field goals here and there, but that touchdown from Rodgers to Lazard should not have happened because I think two plays earlier they had sacked us on third and third and ten, and then you know the Lions could have had a chance after they stopped us on our final drive to have us kick a field goal. They would have been out of timeouts, but they would have been they would have presumably gotten the ball back with like a minute and change left and and down by one point. So all they need is a field goal. And Prater was killing it all night. So Yeah, I mean, from over a full fifty. I would imagine they would have had a, a really good chance to win that game. Um better than fifty fifty at that point. So I mean they they got robbed. I can't yeah. lie. So one last thing on that game. What do you think of uh, was it Jamal Williams his decision to kind of not score the touch, just kind of park it right at the like three yard line and not score? I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. I I think you take your chances with kicking a field goal as opposed to letting the Lions because I forget how much time was on the clock at that point. It was either like a minute or a little bit under a minute. Um, but you, you take your chances with kicking a 20 some yard field goal, as opposed to giving the lions the ball with say like 40 seconds left, no timeouts and a touchdown. Yeah. Considering so, how Stafford had been flinging the ball that night, like he was able to get some deep completions. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch the, obviously you saw the flea flicker for the first play of the game. Like they, I mean, he's got an arm. No one's disputing that. And, he is the type of player that could get like he could drive down the field real fast. Yeah. If, if it was really necessary, which he would have been. Yeah. So with the Lions though, what would have <laughs> I was watching the play and obviously he didn't want to score and the Lions weren't you know, they weren't trying to tackle him. But what if the defender like grabbed him and pushed him into the end zone? <laughs> That's yeah. what I was thinking about too, yeah. Like that because there was a linebacker right there, and I was like, could me just, like, not let Pick him, him go down? Because they have forward progress. They blow a whistle. But what about if you're trying to advance the runner? Yeah. But, I mean, technically he's going forward, so he would have yeah. – you can't call the play dead if he's still moving forward. So well, Maybe that's I how the defense evolves towards this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rare scenario, so it would be hard to be – as a defender to be prepared for that scenario right in that moment. Did um, you see, well, but, um, but the thing is, they the coach did tell them, like, because you can tell they weren't trying to stop them. Patricia uh-huh. probably told them, hey, let them score, let them score. And they just kind of stood up. But at that point, yeah. it should be like, make him score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick him up and throw him in the end zone. <laughs> did, you, did you guys see the, there was a video clip of, um, I think it was a high school football game where uh, a receiver goes goes deep for a pass, catches it, and the corner, is, the corner of the safety is trying to stop him. And at one point, like, they're both, like, kind of fighting it out. And at one point, the receiver just picks up the DB and just carries him yeah. into the end zone. I saw that. That was so epic. <laughs> he grabbed him, like, right on the back of his knee and, like, lifted him up and just carried him and the ball into the With end the zone. With the ball, yeah. He's got, like, the ball in one hand, and he's got the, the defender in the other hand. Yeah, I have never seen that before. An offensive player 
picking up the defender trying to tackle him and carrying him with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen in the NFL. You know, like uh who's some like big burly running like back. DK Metcalf just comes up. Yeah. Yeah, him picking up some little corner. Like picking up like <laughs> Jair Alexander or something and just like <laughs> walking into the end zone with him. Yeah, like there's not really a rule against that, right? Just... Yeah, because yeah. holding cannot occur like if you're if you're uh if you have the ball or you're trying to get the person with the ball, there cannot be holding. Yeah. Mm. That's that's the rule, so Okay. Well, yeah. speaking of corners, there was uh, some a couple of big trades that went down this week. The the big I'd one. I'd say one, one small trade and one big trade. All right. Either way, I mean they're both revolving around the same team. So uh, Jalen Ramsey got traded to the Los Angeles Rams for two first round picks. I think it was a, a fourth this year round pick and next or? year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this actually, the, and a slew of other picks that, you know, smaller, lesser round picks, uh, basically making it so the Rams won't have a first round pick for five straight years, dating back to 2017. Wow. From the Goff yeah. trade? Mm-hmm. Man. Well, and they traded, they traded a first rounder for uh, Dante Fowler, right? That's- no, not I thought it was for Brandon Cooks. Yeah, it for Brandon Cook. Cooks. Oh, okay. uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, they're just they're just throwing draft picks away right now. I mean, I guess yeah. not throwing them away because they are for good players, but yeah, I mean, they did make it to the Super Bowl last Super Bowl. year. So. You know, the only problem with this with this though, I was checking out the Rams salary cap, and after the Rams traded for Brandon Cooks, they signed him to a five-year, eighty million dollar deal. Um, and like money. you know. They obviously, yeah, for a receiver, that's that's a ton of money. And, and like you said, Brandon Cooks is good, but clearly this year he's not producing like a receiver that you'd pay $80 million for. Um, now you can you can point to Goff, you know, and say, you know, there's some of their problem is that he's not playing well. Um, but, I mean, Goff has always been a, a the kind of guy that he needs time. He's not going to do very well when there's constant pressure coming at him, which – I mean, as we saw from that last game, it, let's give the Niners credit. They were all over him. They were Their defense looked terrifying um, in that game, in my opinion. Um, uh, so, so just looking at the numbers real quick, um, here are the Ram, like some of the Rams' cap hits for next year. Mm-hmm. Jared, Jared Goff has a cap hit of $36 million. Aaron Donald is $25 million. Todd Gurley, 17 million. Brandon Cook, 16.8 million. And then Jalen Ramsey, 13.7. So that's over about half of the salary cap towards five players. So that's, yeah. And, and they, they, don't have any, they, they don't have any first round picks to get some rookies yeah. on rookie deals. Well, um, if you look at those, if you look at all those top paid players, not one offense alignment and that's, I feel like, where the Rams are struggling right now. So. Yeah. And not Goff. only that, uh, Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle, you know, he's, wow, he's 39 years old. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> insane. Know, he's it's a, insane that he's playing at that high of a level. 
at this yeah. age. Uh-huh. But he's, yeah, 39, he's predictably fallen off a little bit. Um, yeah. And not only him, but uh, Austin Blythe, another one of their offensive linemen, they're both going to be free agents at the end of the year. Um, so they're going to have, they already have holes to fill, but they're going to have even bigger holes to fill, you know. And like we, like you said, they got half their salary cap dedicated to, you know, five players. And not, <laughs> I mean, how many of those five players are playing at a the kind of level you'd want? Obviously, Aaron Donald is a monster. Um, and then J- Jalen Ramsey, you would assume that he would come in and continue to perform the way he has. He's He hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. But, you know, Goff and Gurley, those are the ones that are really killing you at this point. Yeah. It's like they're good. They're they're selling out. They're going they're going all out. But it seemed like last year was their year. And, you know, you, it's hard to fault them for really going for it last year because they made the Super Bowl, you know, and they lost by seven. So I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. Whenever you have a chance to get that far, you go for it because you don't make the Super Bowl every year. I guess the Patriots do. Well, unless you're the Patriots. <laughs> Not Let's everyone talk about them, though. Yeah, not everyone cheats. Um, <laughs> so I guess I want to get your guys' opinion on, um, I guess, how the trade went down with shipping out Peters um, to Baltimore and then turning around and trading, you know, two first-round picks plus a fourth, I believe, um, for um, Ramsey. Do you think that's that much of an upgrade, an upgrade to, to trade that kind of draft capital? I I don't think so because I don't think that the defense was the problem. I mean, I really don't think their defense is is that bad and for them to give up two first round picks to upgrade their defense, it's, I mean, it's definitely an upgrade on the defense, but that's not what they need right now. They they with their cap being uh the way that it is tied up so much they they really need those first round picks so that they can get in some good cheap talent and for them to do this you know it really puts a lot of pressure on them in the very short term um and i just don't see with their offensive struggles how they're going to be able to overcome that i don't i think Gurley's, you know he's clearly that he, that he's not right and i think that's really affecting them you know, Lucas, uh, just, uh, just to kind of build off of that, actually, that you're saying, like, in, like passing yardage is not that big of a deal. Like, their their passing defense wasn't really the big issue with them. Obviously, they have like the, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, if not the best. Uh, and I say that as a Bears fan. Um, Aaron Donald is a beast. Uh, but it is kind of interesting because you look at their how, where they ranked in passing yards. And uh, you know where they – like, so this year, do you know where they're ranked right now? Where's that? 14. So they're basically in the middle of the pack. You know where they ranked last year? Where? 14. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's kind of funny Jeez. like that. And there's only, I mean, an average yeah. passing yards per game is about five yards a game. Okay. It's really not like that much of a difference. So I think that they're kind of, like, like you said, they're kind of trying to address, they're not, they're not really addressing their, their biggest issue. Yeah, and they're spending a lot to address an issue that's not really the problem. Mm-hmm. Is that what you kind of think, Frank, or you got a different view of it? Yeah, I mean, I just think, I mean, I guess I'm a little more, 
have a traditional view of like how to build a football team. But yeah, I think it really starts up front, especially with Goff, who is a, I guess, like a rhythm quarterback. Like he needs to be, you know, a three-step drop and then let it go kind of kind of player where if things start to break down, he can't, he can't improvise. Mm-hmm. So like, I get you can get away with if you have Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers at that you know at that point, they can they're at their best when they're improvising and kind of rolling out the pocket. Goff isn't that kind of quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah. So I when think, Goff's on the move, it's trouble for the Rams. Yeah, exactly. Like Goff is at his best when he can basically drop back, has a clean pocket, and can hit one of his his playmakers. But once he gets some pressure or, you know, his receivers get jammed up. Um, obviously, that's what the Patriots did to him. He's just not the same guy. Um, and I kind of relate to that a little bit with, you know, following the Raiders. And Derek Carr is the same way. He doesn't make good plays off schedule. And there's just certain quarterbacks that are just like that. They have the arm talent, but they can't, they can't uh, make plays when things break down. So... Yeah, I think that's kind of an error on the Rams Rams franchise to, you know, keep. Obviously, he's an All-Pro corner, but again, that's not going to help their offense, which is struggling right now. And then the, I think another thing is that, you know, you said his Jalen Ramsey's cap hit for next year is 13, but that I believe that's the last year of his of his rookie deal, and then after that. If you want to re-sign him, you're going to have to be shelling out, you know, max dollars for that guy, because um, obviously he's an all-pro, he's great, and then so he, now your choices are you pay this guy maximum dollars or you let him walk, in which case you just spent two first-round picks on a guy for two seasons, you know. So and you're still paying, you're still paying for it because the next year it's going to be don't have the first-round pick and you don't have the player either, so. Uh, I think we all agree that we're all in agreement that this wasn't a, a good trade for them. They paid way too much. I think they did. They did trade for an offensive lineman the other day. They traded the Browns, I believe a fifth round pick for a guy, but I mean, I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have. Um, and I don't know when note bloom's coming back. I, I don't I know. He's out for the season. Is he? He's out for the year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're just getting shellacked on the offensive line, and that's clearly the thing that's really holding them back, and I just see them spending their resources in the wrong areas. Well, yeah, because honestly, I don't feel like they're – I don't feel that Goff is really like the focal point of their offense either. It's really more centered around the run game and Gurley. And yeah. everyone knows the run game starts with the offensive line. And mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you have in the backfield if you can't block for them. Yeah. True. Yeah. So right now the uh, the Rams are on a three-game losing streak. Um, Yikes! So they're they're kind of struggling. Um, a couple other teams that are on some losing streaks: the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, do you think any of these teams can, you know, really right the ship and turn around, turn it around, and get their playoff hopes back? I think. Um, uh, Oh, go ahead, Casey. You first. Oh, well, so I think that um, the Chiefs. I mean, they're they've lost a couple games, and like 
to me, it seems like they, they really started to show some weaknesses against the Lions. I know they pulled out the win, but they had to pull some, like, high school Harry shit on that, like, in that last run just to get, like, within scoring range. So yeah. I think that, um, I, I think it is, uh, I know, Lucas, you and I were talking about it earlier. It definitely seems like their defense is struggling. I mean, they're, I think they're 30th in the NFL right now in rush yards per game. They Sounds just gave up right. like 100, 190 rush yards to, uh, was it the Colts? Or not, uh, not, the, sorry, not the Colts. Oh, uh, the Texans? Texans, thank you. Yeah. And I mean, the Texans are not known for running the ball. They're not a. They're not exactly like the '85 Bears or anything. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, Carlos, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Yep. Yeah, a couple of uh, Hall of Famers right there. Um, <laughs> you know, both of these teams, so they've both been going through injuries, but uh, the with the Chiefs, yeah, that defense though, even even when they get you know a lot of their offensive line and their uh, their playmakers back, and if Mahomes, if they can get him right. You know, their offense is seriously going to keep them or it's obviously going to, you know, keep them as one of the better teams in the league. But, you know, if, if these teams are just able to run the ball on them at will, then how good is your offense if they're only on the field for 20 minutes of the game? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Cowboys, though, I mean, they, they're, they're also having their injury problems. Um you go look at the stats and Dak, obviously he, I mean, predictably he really struggles when he's missing uh, some of the offensive line that they have, you know, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins are, have both been out for a little while. And uh, I think they're neither of them practiced again today. So their availability for this week is in jeopardy as well. Amari yeah, Cooper's banged yeah. up now. Um, you know, he also, he also really struggles when he's not playing a defense, like in the bottom five. Yeah, when he's not playing the Dolphins <laughs> or the Redskins or the Giants. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. luckily, he gets to play the Redskins and the Giants twice a year. But uh, one of the big things, uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but there was one of the Saints players got, was interviewed after their win over the Cowboys uh, a couple weeks ago. And they said that they actually went back and reviewed uh, Kellen Moore's footage from when he was at Boise State. Uh I'm sure you guys know, but he he used to be a Q, he was a QB from Boise State. He got uh-huh. drafted by the Cowboys, and he spent a few years riding the bench before converting into a coach. But they actually they, the defensive players said that they went back and reviewed uh, like some of the tales or whatever, like some of the tells that he had when he was on the sideline, and and were able to use that towards his play calling uh, versus the really? Cowboys offense. Yeah. Like in what sense? Like, I think it's just like some of the, some of the like hand signals or something that he would do. Like he, there were some ticks that they noticed about him, and they were able to use that to stymie the offense. Wow. I mean, so this could I think be that, definitely obviously used. that happened before they played uh, the Jets this past weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets like heard about that and maybe they tried a similar tactic. And I would say that's probably going to happen with every, you know. The league is a copycat league. If you find something that works, then you're going to take advantage of that. So I would suggest that he, I don't know, hire a professional poker player or something, but yeah, he needs it's to like, figure out what's going on with that so he's not giving away like, his hand. The other coach is like, oh, he scratched his balls. They're going deep. <laughs> it's, the, it's the deep ball. Yeah, the deep ball. <laughs> so you know. 
Oh. The uh, I think all three of those teams, the Rams, Cowboys, and uh, and the Chiefs, they all start out undefeated, but then none of them have won a game since. Chiefs, Chiefs have lost what two in a row, and the uh, Cowboys, yeah. Rams have lost three. Um, the I, the Cowboys and the Rams, I kind of like looking at both their situations because you look at the Rams who they ponied up and signed Goff to that huge contract that yep. is kind of it, it's starting to look like a mistake. It's a little too early to tell. Um, but that's a lot of money for a guy who's going to throw for 78 yards um, in a game. <laughs> and, but then the Cowboys, you know, Dak was asking for big bucks and they stared him down. And even though even when he was playing well, um, but they could have been in the the Rams could have been in this exact same situation. They could have been stared down Goff, and then if Goff was playing like this, you know, no one would be telling the Rams to sign him to a massive deal. Yeah, and that's the risk you have to take as as a front office and as a player. I think there there were reports that Dak was offered a pretty hefty contract, but he turned it down, wanting more money. And I'm sure it more had to do with guarantees because that's kind of where the real money is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of bet on himself. And then the first three games of the season, you know, he probably saw the dollar signs in his eyes, you know. Yeah. Like, And Jerry Jones was probably, like, re- regretting not signing him. But now he's coming mm-hmm. back down to earth a little bit. And, you know, he is what he is. He's not, he's not a Hall of Famer type quarterback. He's solid. I mean, he's better – He's he's better than most quarterbacks. Yeah, he's better than he's he's better than just an average replacement level guy. Like he's on the the upper end of the league for sure. But but yeah, he's uh you know he needs things to break right. And but uh, you know a lot of their I wonder about their play calling because in the first three weeks of the year of the season they were using play action uh, a bunch with a lot of uh, effectiveness obviously because they were killing teams but. Recently, they haven't been using play action as much, and it seems like uh, you know Kellen Moore kind of changed up the play calling a little bit. You got to wonder. How, there was a report that was saying that Jason Garrett was kind of having his hand in the uh, in the offense a little bit more. Which, on one hand, it's understandable because it's his job on the line. Um, yeah. You know, if they if they don't pull through, but on the other hand, it's like. You got this guy, this young guy who's, you know, Colin plays well. I don't know if Jason Garrett's really messing it all up. You'd think he wouldn't want to do that, but uh but did you guys see the the clip in that game, uh the Jets Cowboys game when the defense <laughs> the high, was running off the field? Yeah, the high five fail. Yeah. <laughs> slap hands, slap hands. <laughs> yeah. He, just, he got he got waterboyed. Yeah. He did. <laughs> Yeah, he got like, boucheted. Nope. <laughs> he got Bobby Boucher. Son of a Boucher. Yeah. <laughs> Boucher, 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 Boucher. What if, if Leighton Vander Esch just bumped into him and Taryn was like, watch where you're going, needle dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jason Garrett. Dude. I have a headset. <laughs> Clap my hands. Clap my hands. And then Jason, Jason Garrett just Garrett. lays him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need some of that Alaskan uh, Eskimo medicine, May and water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get the it's team still back. Co- still cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was blessed by the 
Alaskan Eskimo medicine man. <laughs> Ma- mama said, Mama said, maybe that's who's in his headset. Maybe it's his mom in a headset. Jason Garrett's just like Jared said. Jared, Jerry Jones said. Jerry Jones said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's Jerry, Jerry Jones straight. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that, that's probably uh, what's happening. That yep. explains a lot. That's our Cowboys. Lot. I had a uh, I had an interesting Cowboys stat that I saw the other day. So NFL teams since 1991, they have a record of 90 and one. So that's 90, 90 and one when they win. Time of possession, total yards, turnovers, pick up at least 25 first downs, and convert at least 10 or more third down attempts. And the one loss is Dallas this past week <laughs> against the Jets. <laughs> so well, is is well, that? You know why... So you're saying they're still damn boys? <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm wondering is that a you know to accrue all those positive stats and still lose? Is it better to lose that way, or is it worse to lose that way? Does it say more? Is it like a good loss or a bad loss? You know, like it sounds to me like that really comes down to more your defense than your offense. Then, I mean, because if your offense is staying consistent and still performing, then maybe the breakage is the breakdown is on their defense. Maybe they need to correct that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sam Darnold had his had his way. Yeah. That's true. If you can get Sam Darnold to connect on a 90-yard 90 touchdown pass, then you probably 92. should go back and yeah, 92. You should probably go back and look at your defense a little bit more. That was a great play by Darnold though for the way that he stepped up in the pocket and he basically, if you look at the play, he essentially threw the ball 50 yards flat-footed. Like he didn't really get to step much up into the into the throw, um, and it was just a dime. You know, he dropped that in perfectly, so. He looks pretty impressive, but, but yeah, the Cowboys got some issues. Um, but I guess you know you gotta gotta play your next game, which if you guys are ready, unless you have anything else to. Well, say I guess I want to want to bring up one more thing. Uh-huh. So the one stat that the Cowboys didn't win outright, which probably caused them to lose, is they didn't win the uh, scoop and score battle. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. the all important stat. The Our names of the football world. world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, it's yeah. our namesake for a reason. Did you want to do the the scoop and score recaps? Yeah. So let's look at some of the teams that uh listen to our advice and you know we're really really going for those scoops and those scores. Um, first we hit up the Thursday night football, the New York Football Giants and the New England Patriots taking on. Um, you know, I guess a little Super Bowl rematch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli Manning wasn't yeah. there, so uh, you know, Brady. Well, he was playing on his tablet. He was, tablet. he was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was he though? <laughs> I mean, like, as much as he is in any of those games, I guess. He was. He was just you're... watching Super Bowl highlights. <laughs> He's like the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> Like, see, what you did there is you didn't have your receiver catch it with his helmet, so... <laughs> exactly. Hey, get some gum on your helmet. Some glue on there. Get some stick them. He should have changed his number to 10 for the game and then spooked, spooked the Patriots. Like, is he back? Yeah. <laughs> have David Tyree uh, come in. 
Yeah, <laughs> just bring just bring them all out of retirement. retirement. Justin Tuck, <laughs> Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan, you uh, you know he's you know he's coming for a blindside stack when you hear the the whistle of the wind going through his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't really sneak up on anybody. <laughs> yeah, you just hear. <laughs> it's Strahan, Ron. Strahan. I think, had, I think he had a custom mouth guard, so like some part of the mouth guard would fit in there. And hold it in really? No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, how did you know that? <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. we had a, a plethora of scoops and scores in this game. First quarter, we had a wonderful block punt, and uh, Chase Winovich of the Patriots did up. He did as name suggested, yards. and he won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> he scooped and scored a six-yard touchdown. Uh, but then, not to be on second quarter, Giants came back, got a strip sack. Marcus Golden returned it 42 yards and had like bulldozed through like three Patriots defenders on the goal line for the score. Beautiful. And, you, and I was like, all right, well now the now the advantage is even. But fourth quarter, Kyle Van Noy, uh, I believe it was another strip sack. Um, returned to 22 yards for the score to give the advantage to the Patriots and you know again the golden snitch of football they ended up winning that game and uh, another primetime game Sunday football uh, the Steelers with their third string quarterback taking on the Chargers in LA even though it looked like a Steelers home game um, Philip yeah, Rivers must have was, he must have been distracted by all the terrible tells because he threw a backwards pass um, um, to the running back like a swing route. Then Bush scooped it up and uh, returned it nine yards for the score. The scoop and in the... exactly he scooped it and he scored it. And of course, the Steelers won that game. So our uh, golden rule holds: the uh, teams that have scooped and scored this year are undefeated. Six and oh. Teams Still waiting notice. on somebody to oppose that golden that. rule. But no takers. How, can, how do you stand up to that? It's just such a such a iconic play. Yeah. It just demoralizes the other team. Because they're like, damn it, now that team's going to be on the Scoop and Score podcast, and we're not. Yeah. They're gonna, <laughs> well, they are, but gonna, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. The wall of shame. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta real quick thank Philip Rivers for gifting me a fantasy football win this week. Oh my god! <laughs> that was a Casey had a six point lead here on me, and I he had Philip Rivers and Melvin Gordon going, and I just had James Conner. And uh, nice. next thing I know, oh. Philip Rivers has like negative four points, and James Conner has two touchdowns. And I was like, oh cool, just had yeah. to uh, survive the survive after that, but. I came to, well, it all came down to that last drive where Rivers yeah. had it on like his five yard line or two yard line. The two, and yeah. I was within uh, 1.6 points. So all I needed was Melvin Gordon to catch like a seven yard pass or something. And I would have won that. But what happened? Philip Rivers. Interception. Threw another interception. He, you know, he almost threw one earlier in that drive. And I was like, no, if only he had – because, you know, when he got the ball on the two, I was like, oh, he's got 98 yards of garbage time to get, you know, to work with here. And, but then when we, when the Steelers dropped that pick, you know, I was like, oh, crap, that was my chance. I'm going to lose it. And then, 
Lo and behold, Rivers came through for me through another one. He's just, you know, he, his mind was crossed up. He was like, I'm at home, but everyone in the stands is wearing Steelers stuff. So do I throw it to the Steelers? He's just getting crossed up there. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. All right. I mean, they said he had the best. Anyways, he has the best record. Or um, I think I think there was some some obscure stat where he has uh, I think the most yards of any QB not to play in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has like the most wins too, or something like that. Yeah. I do remember seeing that stat during the game. Um. But yeah, so that's that's probably enough about this past week. It was a good week, but. Got a bunch of uh, big games coming in now. Um, if you guys don't mind, I think we ought to start with the team we were just talking about, the Dallas Cowboys going up at home against the uh, – it's been a while since I've done that. <laughs> going up at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, I mean, this is a massive game. Both of these teams are, have been pretty disappointing as of late. Um, both have had a little bit of – Bad luck with injuries, but you know you got to just push through that. NFL, everyone's having injuries, and uh, and yeah, so three and both teams are three and three, and they are both lucky that they play in a crap division. And what are you guys, uh, what are you guys looking looking for in this game? What are you thinking? Dallas favored by minus three, favored by three. <laughs> <laughs> so as yeah, as the home te- team, I think. Uh, I like Dallas in this one. They're both kind of like playing iffy, but I think that, uh, you know, Dallas is going to be able to get the run game going. And I think that uh, they're not going to, I don't think they'll fall behind too fast like they have in the other games. I think that they'll, uh, they'll be able to kind of take it to Philly and they'll have the home field advantage. You know, obviously it's not going to be easy for the Eagles to be playing in Dallas. So I think they're going to take it this one. Mm -hmm. Frank, Frank. Um, well, the Cowboys do have the home field advantage and it is a prime time game, which kind of adds a little more, you know, incentive for the crowd. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think the Cowboys are a little injured right now. Amari Cooper is, uh, kind of hurting with a quad injury and an ankle injury. He's not practicing right now. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, the O-line's kind of hurting. And uh, the strength of the Eagles is their defensive line. So uh, I think they pull it off. Um, if not winning, I think they definitely cover the spreads. Um, but I think they went outright. They take the division lead. And, uh, you know, this – I definitely think this is going to be a super close game. I mean, Philly, you know, obviously they're going to feel like they need this game. And they have been really good against the run. Um, You there? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Someone tried to call me and uh, it kicked me off. We lost you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I am going to go with Dallas. Um, I, th- I just jumped right back in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm liking Dallas in this game. I think, uh, you know, after, you know, the, the Eagles, they got beat last week, but there was something about the way Dallas lost that just seemed more disheartening, you know. Uh, they were on the road to a lesser team, um, in my opinion, and and they just, re- I mean, the, the way they lost to going down 21-3 at half, like they just came out flat. I don't expect that 
to happen again at home, um, despite the injuries they're dealing with. I think they're going to be able to uh, move the ball on Philly, um, especially, I mean, if they can get anything in the run game going, then it's going to set up their play action in Philly all year has just been susceptible to getting shredded through the air. So I think uh, they're going to be able to find some big plays and I think they'll be able to hold up enough on defense. So I'm going to go ahead and take Dallas as well. Minus three. Yeah. Right. Next game up is uh, New Orleans at Chicago. Oh. So, yeah, it's kind of a, you know, bears are coming off their bye week. Uh, right now, I think the Bears, since it is a home game for the Bears, they're actually favored by three points. Um, to be honest, as a Bears fan, I'm actually thinking New Orleans might have this one. They've been playing really well. They're 5-1 and one right now. Um, I don't expect Teddy Bridgewater to have a very good game, but I think that uh, there's been a lot of talk that Mitch Trubisky might come back and they might he might get inserted into the starting lineup. And if that happens, well... I have zero faith in my offense. Um, Kyle Long went on IR, so they're going to be trying out a new offensive line in Chicago. And so I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think that, uh, I don't know. I think that the Bears might still win this, but I think it's going to be closer than three. Hmm. I think I, I, So I think it's either going to be the Saints winning it or at least Bears winning it by a much smaller margin, or by a smaller margin than three points. Way smaller than three. <laughs> like two. Way smaller. <laughs> <laughs> or one. Or even one. What about you, Frank? Um, I kind of feel the same way. I think New Orleans is playing really good football right now. They have the momentum. And, um, yeah, I just don't think the Bears offensively have it together. I mean, they did just come off the bye, and I'm sure they, you know, work together a nice game plan but I think the Saints defense can neutralize the passing game um, with either Chase Daniel or Trubisky and the Bears run game really hasn't been anything special so I just think they're going to struggle to score struggle to score points and New Orleans um, you know has a good defense and Bridgewater's playing well enough to get the win on the road yeah, you know, I don't like to uh, have all of us have the same picks, but I just I feel the exact same way. The New Orleans defense has really been killing it, and they've been, I mean, obviously with Breeze out, they've had to carry him lately, but they've been doing a great job, um, you know, and they've played in some tough environments. They're the only team to beat Seattle this year, and I think they'll kind of be looking to attack the Bears' defense in a similar way that the Raiders did uh, in Week 5, you know, to try and keep the pass rush off you protect Bridgewater, get the ball out fast, you know, dump it off to Kamara, uh, really utilize him. Um, and, yeah, I, I foresee uh, I would take the Saints as well, uh, plus three. All right. Unanimous. Unanimous. Sorry, I think that's like the first time we've ever gone unanimous. I usually try and be contrarian sometimes, but, but yeah, I just – I like the Saints in this one too. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of there's a lot of bad games. Mm-hmm. And then our last game. Oh, we got the uh, Ravens, Baltimore Ravens, going on the road at Seattle. Got young hotshot Lamar Jackson running and throwing on all the bad teams. Um, but we'll see. 
We'll see how he does in Seattle. This is probably the. Uh, I mean, he did go at Kansas City earlier. Played, yeah, played okay. Um, but this will be the second hostile environment, really hostile that he's had to play in. So, so what are you guys? Uh, what are you guys thinking? For this, for Um, so I'll take the lead on this one. So. I think, I think right now this yeah. is going to be a really good matchup between two quarterbacks that are, um, I guess, making plays in different ways. Lamar Jackson on the ground, he's you know averaging over 70 yards per game on the ground. Um, while Russell Wilson, uh, he doesn't have many air yards. He's you know his the last few games have been like in the upper 200s, you know, right or 300 but he's just so efficient and scoring a lot of touchdowns and he has no interceptions. And I think that's the big thing is turnovers. Um, the Ravens just did trade for Marcus Peters, but yeah, I don't know how much he'll play and, you know, really grab a hold of defense. So um, I think Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP level right now and, you know, they can come back from a deficit. They can play with the lead. Um and yeah, I just think they can handle it, especially at home in Seattle. So I'm going to take Seattle. I think they're favored by three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take Seattle uh, three and a half. Yeah, I like I like the extra half point. I like the three and a half. It uh, just gives you a little extra wiggle room to just win by that field goal. Because like you said, man, like when the Browns were up, what were they up twenty to six? It was yeah. like that game just never felt like it was it was out of, you know, it, it was well within reach, you know, 20 to six, you're like, Oh, they're fine. Seattle can come back with Wilson. Um, and yeah, like you said, man, that being able to play from, from behind and with the lead with their running game that they have, they're tough to stop. So, so yeah, I like them at a minus three and a half as well. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to go against you guys. I think it's actually going to be uh, Baltimore plus three and a half because I, I don't know. Like, they're, they just traded. They got a, they got some upgrades on their defensive uh, – in their secondary. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to correct it. And he's going to – Seahawks are playing really well, but I also like the way that the Ravens are. And I, I expect to see them kind of ground and pound a little bit more and, and Lamar Jackson to make some plays. Um I like to see what they can do. I think I think that they're going to keep it closer, and if not, actually win the game. I I kind of worry about the Ravens just because I don't know who they've really beaten this year. I mean, they beat Miami and Arizona, then they lost two straight to Kansas City and Cleveland, and then they barely eked out a win at Pittsburgh. Which I mean, you know, I guess that's a that's a pretty solid win, although they got by like by the skin of their teeth, you know, and then they. Uh, beat up on Cincinnati at home last week. So, I mean, I kind of just haven't seen enough from them to really have faith that they're going to be able to go into Seattle and win a game there, you know? Um, yeah. So are you, do you think it's more likely that they win outright or just that they cover that spread? I think it's more likely they cover the spread. Okay. Because like yeah. I, I feel like they've been in, in pretty much close games throughout, so I think that they'll keep it pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I guess that Browns, the the one against the Browns was the only one that really got away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chiefs, they were pretty close uh, with them. So, yeah, I feel you. All right. All right. Uh, and then, honor, oh, and, honorable oh, mention. 
Oh, go I ahead. I'm going to say honorable mention for games uh, to look out for. There's tons of good games this week. Um, but Except the Raiders the, uh, Packers. Especially that's, the Raiders that's Packers. The, that's, the, that's the best game. Uh, yeah, Raiders <laughs> Packers is good. We got uh, Lucas, do you want to do a, an on air bet on that game? Ooh. Okay. Um, let's see. Hold on. Let me find the spread. Minus five and a half, Green Bay. Minus five and a half. Mm. The thing is, do I trust my Packers right now? <laughs> I, I feel like the, the football well, it's got not just the Packers, Packers though, it's the refs too. So it's in Green Bay. Yeah, that's an extra couple points right there. I kind of feel like the football, the karma gods are going to be coming after us right now. You know, at the way that we won, we're not going to be, I mean, they're not going to be getting any calls, you know, because obviously whatever ref is going to be working that game is going to well, be like, I don't want to be the well, second guy. The, uh, well, what if it's the same it's guy the same that's working guy. in that game, though? <laughs> then he's definitely not going to want to mess up. <laughs> I don't see that happening. No, and it's going to be like consistency. We're getting, we're getting our second... Uh, our second team coming off a bye. I mean, you saw how the Lions came out, and they excuses, uh, excuses. Do you do you want to bet or not? Uh, at minus five and a half. Can yeah. I can I just take straight up? <laughs> straight up. <laughs> <laughs> you have no Frank would never bet straight up on the straight Raiders. Up. You know that. I'll do. I'll do. I'll do, <laughs> yeah. I'll do straight up or not. <laughs> Why don't you okay. just the spread so it's like minus three or something? Shut up, Casey. We'll think of a of a punishment next week then. We'll we'll have some we'll make a, one of us do something embarrassing. Okay. I'm down with that. Okay, so, so we'll, just for the record. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. So just for the record, we're doing should we, we should we do a little spread? We should do a little spread. We'll do um, minus Five like two. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> minus two point seven five. Right in the middle. <laughs> Three point one four minus pi. Gosh, you're gonna be so upset <laughs> if they get if they win by two and a half points. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Packers kick a field goal, but the ball just like keeps going in a circle. It's like oh, they win by pi. <laughs> oh, guess we push. <laughs> That's irrational. <laughs> hey. Hey. <Matt>. <laughs> um, All right. So yeah, we'll call it. We'll call it minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. All right. So uh, here's to an exciting week seven of NFL football. Beautiful. And so. Uh, Amen. We'll- Thanks for, uh, yeah. In uh, true Mean Girls fashion, Scoop, you score. <laughs> <laughs>